this is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. So I'm recording this on August 26, 2023. This is Invest Like the Honeybee. I'm Hank Speck. Well, just like things in nature, there there are changes that happen regularly, and it's important, I think, that we adapt to them. And if you've been following along or read our book, uh, What Grandpa Learned from Honeybees, you know that I really focus on just three stocks for the long-term hold. But some things have happened in the housing industry recently that, or the building industry that's making me sell. And I sold the majority of my holdings yesterday of this stock, Goodfellows. Goodfellows is a lumber company, great company. Been around for over 100 years, and you probably know the story if you read the book. But what's happened is that, well, I'm going to go through all the things that happened. Now, the newsletter that I put out, uh, same name, Invest Like a Honeybee, that you can get on Beehive. I have a paw, uh, sorry, the newsletter coming out that says a new advantage for real estate investors, and it talks about the changes in the real estate industry and how that's impacting you if you own property. Um, but if you're in the materials selling business to build properties, I think we have a problem for some years to go, and here's why. So interest rates have been going up. We all know that. Um, home prices have been dropping. Um, but there's some other things that have happened that are really in- interesting. There are more and more regulations, even though you know a lot of people talk about affordable housing and building more apartments, and you know you hear all this rhetoric. The the truth is people don't want it in their neighborhoods, and so there is a pushback for, from building on that that accord. We also learned from the StatsCan, the Canadian Statistics Organization, that in July, and this is a course run by the government, in July, some 45,000 construction workers lost their jobs just in that month alone in Canada. 45,000. Meanwhile, you hear the brain trust of Justin come out and say, Justin's our prime minister, uh, say that how we need more construction workers, we need more training, we need more this, we need more that, but we just lost 45,000 jobs. People were laid off in that industry. That's confusing. I'm just going to say that's confusing because when you talk to anybody in construction, they'll say, oh, yeah, we need more people, and then you see the statistics. So the statistics wrong or, I don't know, something weird's going on. Basically, the demand is dropped for building. People aren't able to build. Uh it's getting harder to build these houses or these apartments. There are legislative roadblocks. So even though governments talk about it, and I'll get to that in a second, um, there are so many steps to building something that many builders and developers have said, that's it, I'm not waiting another year to get permission to do X, Y, or Z, or build this property or get rezoning. I'm just going to stop the project because meanwhile, they see interest rates continue to go up. So it's like we're in this mud sort of thing where nothing's happening. Prices haven't crossed. They have dropped, 
But the problem with the whole thing is no one's doing anything. In many cities, it can take three to five years to just to get approvals to build. And that's kind of my timeline here, three to five years, when I think about what we're facing right now, which is a significant pushback on building. The Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, which is sort of like the Canadian um, extra special mortgage thing where they, they insure mortgages. So if, you, if you're building an apartment building, they will sign on the dotted line so the bank feels more comfortable when they give you the money because if you don't pay them, the federal government will pay them. Well, unfortunately, they are so far behind applications, developers are walking away from projects because they can't get approvals. Now, CMHC says, well, it's uh, because of unprecedented, I hate that word, demand. It's actually, I think, because of um, productivity issues because everyone's working from home and they've got a you know, baby in one hand, dog on their lap, and they're typing with one hand, and they're not, they're not turning out the applications. So there's a huge barrier to entry. Now, they say we're building in Canada. I'm not sure what the number is in the States or Europe. You need to check wherever you may be. But in Canada, we're building about 200,000 homes a year, and that includes apartments or homes, things to live in. And yet we're getting 500,000 new Canadians. Sometime in the future, we're going to have a problem, if not already. But I don't know what that means as far as building if we're not building anything. Here's the big problem. Governments are now getting involved in the whole process. So they're starting to believe they can sort of interfere more than they've already interfered with um, the building of housing. And whenever government does something, they mess it up totally. They're so confused. So on the one hand, they try to, um, in Ontario here, there's a big controversy because uh, the Buckabeer Premier has decided that he's going to release all this conservation land to builders. Well, the kind of homes they're going to build on these lots out in the country are not the same kind of homes that are affordable or intensive. Basically, they're eating up farmland and other, other kinds of properties. So it, do, it, it has nothing to do, and, and it's being held up by protests and court challenges and all kinds of things. We also have government rent controls. So when you build a building today, you could argue that, wow, you get that building built in, in some provinces, there's no rent control on that new apartment, but there's some uh, provinces talking about putting rent control on an apartment regardless of whether it's built yet or not. And the second problem you have is once you build it and put a tenant in there, it's highly likely uh, rent controls work, will continue and so will inflation. So if inflation's 9% a year, but you can only raise your rent 2% a year, or 5% even, you're losing every year. So that's also another risk factor in causing people to stop building. Now, while there's a huge barrier to entry, so as they talk about in the newsletter, the advantage if you're an investor and already own property, there's a huge disadvantage if you're in the building materials business, which is what Goodfellows does. Well, is in the business of doing. I think they're going to survive fine, but the stock shot up to $15. And I think the full value for me is about 17 or 16 So as it approaches full value, and I see the recent changes, and this is sort of a combination of things that have built up over time, but right now this is the situation in the building industry. I don't see a big demand for people to buy building products for quite a while. It's mud. 
I don't know what human agony and misery is going to happen, though, when we have all these people who need to live somewhere and can't live anywhere. You know, people are going to be looking at new alternatives, new ways, but the solution is definitely not government. And as more and more private builders get out of the business or pause, you're going to see fewer options and fewer solutions. So that's why, unfortunately, even though it pays a great dividend, I still love the company, I, I sold the majority of my shareholder holdings in Goodfellow, Inc. What am I doing with that? Just leaving, leaving it in cash because currently we have a significant investment in European residential REIT. We have an adequate investment in Relic Home Healthcare. And there are no other companies right now. I have a little nibbling I'm doing on Dream Residential REIT that I'll talk about in future podcasts, but that's just a very little holding just to sort of follow it along. And I'm doing nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play with my bees and do some cooking. So that's my solution on, uh, in my explanation of, of why I had this. Now, now, let me just address one other issue because it's important that even though we're long-term, we're still sensitive to significant changes that might impact the reason we keep or not keep something. But it has to be huge. In this case, I've harvested a significant profit because I was in anywhere from 10 to $12, sold it for 15 Things are good. And I think that things are going to be a little rocky in the building supply business. This is Hank for Invest Like a Honeybee. Please remember to subscribe to my newsletter if you don't already. That's available on Beehive with the same name, Invest Like a Honeybee. When you do that, you'll get a free copy, uh, PDF copy of our book where Grandpa learned from his honeybees. You have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you again next time. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Investlikeahoneybee.com.